listening to The Currency Welcome. I'm Mike Gaston. I am your host. And this is episode number 77. Uh, This is America's favorite podcast, hands down. If anybody tells you differently, even if that little still small voice within you says, "Mm, I don't know, you can rest assured. We're the greatest. We're the greatest little bravado for you guys. The truth of the matter is we're just a little blip in the ocean, but I am thrilled to be here today. And I'm honored to have you here as an audience member, as a guest on this uh, auspicious day. It's, it's, uh, it's January 17th, kids, 2021, and this is episode number 77. I want to talk about a few things today, as usual. I like to always talk about a few things. But I'd like to kick us off with Burger King. Now, last week we talked about the CIA and how they rebranded, but did you know that Burger King has also rebranded recently? And uh, I kind of like what they've done. They have gone almost uh, back to their roots. It's been about 20 years since Burger King has done anything with their brand. If you remember their brand that was done in the early 90s, I want to say. Oh, maybe 1994, I want to say. I can't remember. Uh, but but it, they had this kind of, you know, two burgers and the word Burger King. It was kind of going off at an angle to give it a little bit of energy. And it had this blue swoosh around it, this kind of blue circle that encompassed the word Burger King within the buns. And it was done, uh, you know, in their 90s, like I said, and and that blue swoosh was kind of a thing. Everybody had the blue swoosh or some version of the swoosh that became kind of a design cliche. Trust me on this, I know. And what Burger King did is they kind of went back to their roots. The, the old Burger King logo was just two colors. It was the you know, the orange or yellow buns and the red Burger King words. Uh, the word Burger King was kind of chonky and graphic and, and very informal, kind of playful. Uh, and it, it was between two buns, um, <laughs> as you would expect. And they went back to that. Now, they didn't exactly do it. They've changed the shape of the buns a little bit. The top bun's a little rounder. The Burger King word is still kind of fun and chonky, but not as informal, very playful, but a little bit more structured. And so what you end up with is a very nice flat graphic Burger King that is retro without being too nostalgic. It's got a a tie back to the original Burger King. I say original. It's not the original, but it goes back to an earlier version of their logo and harkens back to a good time. I think a time when things were a little bit more innocent, a little bit more idealistic, a little bit more hopeful. Uh, At least to us here in 2021, that's the feeling. I think if you lived in the 60s and 70s, maybe the times didn't feel so hopeful. I mean, the world was in the midst of things like oil embargoes and the Vietnam War. There were some dark times back then. You know, there's a lot of race riots and New York City was on fire. Harlem specifically was just, uh, was like a war zone. And, And so if you lived in those times when, you know, Burger King... Uh, had this logo, you, you you wouldn't necessarily feel that it was hopeful and idealistic. But for us, with our nostalgia, looking back, we think of this time as kind of a, a, a fun, special time. We think of hippies, we think of music and the summer of love and all that BS that, uh, that the baby boomers love to look back to and reminisce about. But I don't think this logo is all about reminiscence. I think this new Burger King logo is really like a refinement of the of the of the logo from from the seventies. Now it was done by uh, Jones Knowles Ritchie. That's an agency, pretty big agency, and um, it's the first rebrand I think in twenty years, if I remember correctly. And and really for me, it's it, it's not so much of a rebranding. 
although that's the language that people are using. It's kind of a refinement or maybe a revamping of the logo, but I like it. And I think that it gives them a lot of flexibility. The, the fact is it's very simple and it's very graphic. You have to look it up. And that's the problem with podcasts. I can't show you, but check it out. It's, it's very simple. It's very graphic. It's, it's two dimensional. It's flat. It's not using any type of highlights or shading or gradients. It's just nice and flat color playful elements. I think the type is, is playful and tight at the same time. It's balanced. I like it. I like it. It, it talks, it, it tells me about the history of Burger King. It actually makes the food, um, attractive. It, it ties fast food to a little bit more of nostalgia as opposed to just a brand. And I know nostalgia sometimes can be good. Sometimes it can bite you in the butt. Sometimes it can be kind of a shallow ploy when, when companies just go for cheap nostalgia. This doesn't, this does not feel throwback to me. This doesn't feel desperate. Like, Hey, we're just trying to be hip and cool. It's more like, this is our history. This is who we are. And we're going to pull it forward. We're going to make it relevant to today. And uh, I really like it. And I think it gives them a lot of opportunity to play the logo out in some amazing ways. You know, the color scheme, browns, oranges, reds, some green and yellow in there as well. Just really, again, ties back to some of the roots of Burger King uh, and some of the good times that we all collectively like to think about. And at the same time, gives them kind of a, a modern, energetic, clean, fun feel. So I'll be curious to see how they roll this thing out. I'm not, you know, like, I can't think of the last time I was in a Burger King. I can't think of the last time that I ate Burger King food. I really don't eat fast food anymore. I used to love fast food. Like for me, it was a treat, like to go get McDonald's to get Burger King. As a kid, we weren't really allowed to eat fast food, not because my parents were health conscious, but they just didn't have that kind of money uh, to go spend it on fast food. So to get a bucket of Kentucky Fried Chicken uh, or to you know get a Happy Meal at Burger King, maybe, um, or sorry, Happy Meal at McDonald's, that was special. It was like a special thing for me. And so as a teenager, as I started getting uh, my own money and I had my own car, and I uh, just had a little bit of you know consumer power there, like I love getting fast food. It was fun. And it was just kind of um, a part of my life, even into my 20s and into my 30s. But I, I uh, really married a wonderful woman who's a great cook. And I started realizing like, ah, oh, fast food's terrible. Uh, you know, Taco Bell, Burger King, Pizza Hut. Goodbye, my friends. I miss you. I mean, you, you hold a special place in my heart, but it's been a long time. Now, I do travel. So every once in a while when I'm traveling, you know, I might do a McDonald's drive through you know, hey, look, you're on the road, you got to grab something, you, you, you're really doing a pit stop. It's like you're running through, you want the pit crew to come in, gas up the car, change the tires out, and you're back in the race. And so I might do a, a quick uh, McDonald's. I, I don't that much, though. Even even then, I, I, I avoid it. I just don't enjoy it that much. But I'm curious to see how Burger King plays this thing out. And it kind of is, it tempts me a little bit. It does call to that part of me that remembers uh, Burger King and how it how it fit into my life, and so it'd be kind of interesting to see how they play it out. I think they're, I think they've done a good job. I think it's intelligent. I think it's wise. I think it's thoughtful, and I think it's flexible. I think it's going to work really well for them. Uh, unlike the CIA, you know, they're still rooted in who they are. They haven't decontextualized themselves. They they haven't made kind of a pastiche or or, or a mockery of themselves. They they are really true, I think, to the brand. And I think it'll be interesting to see how they apply it to things like packaging, signage, and so on. You know, I think Burger King in general, and a lot of these fast food restaurants are struggling and um, a lot of competition out there. You think of the, uh, you think of the restaurants like, like uh, 
some of the fast, fresh restaurants, you know, there's all these pizza joints spinning up there, the Mexican restaurants and so on that, that, that the traditional fast food restaurants have to, um, compete with some of these healthy, fast restaurants. And I, I think it's tough. Uh, I'd be curious to see how they do going forward just in general, but I think this brand's going to help. So that's that. I, I'd be curious to know what you think. I mean, take a look at it. You can give me feedback. I mean, hit me up on Twitter and just find me at, at Mike Gaston. You can also subscribe to my email uh, newsletter. Just go to my website, MikeGaston.com. You can sign up there or you can even send me an email from the website. Let me know what you think. I'd be curious to know. Now, the other thing I'd like to talk about today, um, w- w- the second of three things is is CNN and the fact that they have relinquished or they are relinquishing their um, their airport network. Now, any of you that have traveled, and I'm sure many of my uh, my listeners travel, if you've been through an airport in the last, gosh, I don't know, 30 years, <laughs> it's been a long time, you will have known or you will have looked up and seen if you were in the U.S. at least, and I think there were in other countries too, that, you know, CNN was on the television. You sit in the, in the waiting lounges, the... Um, you know, the, the gates and all that when you're waiting for your flight. Anywhere in an airport where you're killing time, if you look up, CNN is on the screen. They had a huge network, and uh, they were the official, you know, television news station in these airports. And uh, millions and millions of people as they travel would see these things. Well, CNN announced uh, Tuesday this week, this last Tuesday, which, uh, what, what would Tuesday be? Let's take a look at the calendar here, kids, because we want to be accurate on this show. So Tuesday would have been the 12th. They announced on the 12th of January that they were giving up that network. I think it was the 12th. And they were officially going to end on March 31st. So come the 31st, there will be no more CNN in the airport. Now, the, the interesting thing about this is there's a lot of talk about, well, did were they being forced out? And this is good because their news is so terrible. It's great to get rid of them, et cetera, et cetera. You know, CNN's trying to position it to, to save face for them. Uh I think the thing that's interesting here is what this is going to do to CNN's revenue. Now, when you're in the ad industry, you kind of know how this works. And, and, and for those of you that aren't, you probably know this anyway, but I'll go through it. Essentially, you are able to charge, if you're, if you're a publication, you're a newspaper, a magazine, uh, you're a podcast, uh, you are a news network, um, even places like YouTube and uh, Google, you're able to charge based on eyeballs. So if somebody wants to buy advertising from you, if you go look, you buy an ad from us, but you know, 10 million people are going to see it. 10 million of your potential customers are going to see this ad. That's big deal. That's like you can charge big money for that because you are going to be in front of a lot of people. So the, the people, the advertisers are like, look, I want that. Think of the Super Bowl. The American Super Bowl, I mean, the advertising dollars spent for a 30-second spot on the Super Bowl are astounding. And the reason being is everybody's watching the Super Bowl. It's like one of the most watched events in America uh, every year. And there's a lot of hype around the ads. People are curious. They're excited about the creativity. There are all kinds of discussions afterwards, marketing you know, chapters of the American Marketing Association get together afterwards and hold events where they... You know, they they, uh, they they deconstruct the ads. They talk about the winners, the losers, and so on. So, I mean, there's a lot of lot of attention given to those ads, and that means that the advert the uh, you know the the broadcaster can charge top dollar. Well, this is true for CNN, and I think that 
when CNN is putting uh, a media package together, you know, and they're saying, hey, you, you run with us, your ad's going to show up in front of so many faces. Losing the airport network is a blow because I think they've been able to inflate their numbers. I don't mean to say that those numbers are not real, but they've been able to, you know, it's one thing when you and your loved one are sitting, your family are sitting watching television. The two of you, maybe you got a bunch of friends, you're watching the news. Does anybody watch television together anymore? <laughs> but you're watching the news. So those are eyeballs. You're staring at the TV. You're listening to, you know, one of these talking heads uh, drivel out some BS. You're getting outraged, you know, blah, blah, blah. But you're watching it. You're engaging it. So when CNN says, oh, yeah, we got all these viewers. Well, when it comes to airports, think about this. How many people are actually staring at the screen? First of all, you can hardly, you can, they don't always have the audio on. So it's not like you can hear it necessarily. Sometimes they do. But people, there might be millions of people going through an airport for a given period of time. That doesn't mean that those people are watching the news. That doesn't mean that they're sitting there watching Brian Stelzer talk his lies. I mean, Stelzer's so bad. And, and you know what? Hate me for it. I don't care. Go to my website. Send me an email. I don't care. Drag me on Twitter. Stelzer sucks, as does Chris Cuomo and Don Lemon. I mean, they're just horrible. They're just despicable. They're really terrible. They're just terrible. They're liars. And they know it. I mean, they know they're lying, but that's their job. So anyway, when you talk about millions of people moving through, say, JFK, you know, CNN has been able to tell people, hey, your ad is going to be in front of millions and millions of people. Well, a big chunk of those numbers, I suspect, are, are airport travelers, which you and I both know, because if you've traveled, you don't sit watching that. In the day of the smartphone and, and uh, things like tablets, people are watching movies, they're listening to podcasts, et cetera. They're not staring at the screen taking in the news. Now, I think the reason that CNN is dumping the airport network, or essentially they're losing it, and it depends how you want to look at it, it really has to do with COVID. I just don't think you have the volume of travelers going through uh, these hubs anymore. And so it becomes difficult for CNN to justify the costs of showing up on these networks. They have to pay to be there. They don't, they, you know, the, the airports aren't begging CNN to show up. CNN has to pay for that right to be there. And by paying for that, it was an investment because they could turn around and tell advertisers, holy smokes, we've got a huge audience. We charge a premium, but trust me, it's worth it. And I think what's happened is they've lost that audience first by COVID and people just aren't traveling like they used to. And I think it's going to be a long haul to see when they start traveling again. And people are traveling, just not like they used to. And on top of that, uh, they're, they're, losing the network now. And so they can't inflate those numbers. They can't pack those numbers with all these supposed eyeballs. So what I think is going to happen is that CNN's rates are going to go down. I think there's going to have a real, so on one hand, they're going to save money because they're not spending on this ad, this uh, airport network. But I wonder what's going to happen to their rates. I wonder what's happening to their business model. And this is just me speculating, but I think, and I go back to the Stelzer Cuomo lemon comment, Look, you can look at any, you can look at Fox News, you can look at CNN, ABC, CBS, all these guys, MSNBC especially, they're all lying. I mean, I'm not going to tell you that like you should watch this network over that. They're all liars. But 
but like CNN is so agendized and so so hostile about their lies. I mean, they're just, they're just so overtly progressive, and they're so overtly, you know, like the main narrative. They're just going to beat you over the head with it. Well, I think people get sick of that. Even if you're into that narrative, you don't want to hear it. Like, I'm a conservative. I don't want to sit watching Fox News. I don't need it. I don't need somebody on Fox News to tell me yippee kaye conservatism's winning and this this liberal's terrible and this conservative is great and blah blah. I don't need it. I'm not interested. I'm a thinking human being. And I would imagine the same is true for some people on the left. I would hope, my goodness, you guys, what are you doing out there? So I'd imagine you watch like an MSNBC or a, or a CNN and you think to yourself, "Ugh, you know, I don't need it." Now, I think there's a group of people that need the constant reaffirmation. There's a group of people that live off of the outrage and the anger. And so they're just going to consume this stuff because they're, they're trapped. They're addicted. They have to have it to make themselves feel the way they need to feel. But for the, for the more, uh, for the more um, enlightened individual like, your, like myself, like yourself and myself, we don't need that. And so I think CNN's in a bit of a pickle. You know, they're losing big numbers, which means they're not going to be able to charge the rates that they were charging before that makes them less attractive to advertisers. And on top of that, they're so agendized. I, I, I think there are so many wonderful other options for advertisers. Why would you advertise on CNN? Now, there's a group of folks out there that have to. You know, you're going to see, you know, car ads. You're going to see your basic consumer stuff. You're going to see your basic brand building ads because people buy packages. These big corporations go, look, you got to, we're going to build awareness. You need to be out there. They're not going to just say, well, we want to be everywhere except CNN, but they're going to be able to get CNN at a bargain now. So where, where's CNN going? I'm just curious, where is CNN going with this? They've, th- this is a blow. If, if a lot of their business and their ability to charge top rate dollar was based on this airport network, which is a giant network that they had for 30 years, then... I think they're screwed. I mean, there's some estimates are saying that this was 95% of their viewership. Where are they going? If they're losing, in theory, 95% of their viewership, which really wasn't viewership to begin with, where is CNN going? They're screwed. And at the end of the day, they're about money. They're not about social justice. They're not about the cause. They've, they're a business. They've got to turn a profit. Now, they will. They'll figure it out. I mean, they're massive. they got a huge brand. I don't think this is the end. You're not hearing me call it. I'm not calling it for CNN, but I'm telling you, this is big. This is really big news, bigger than anybody's letting on, bigger than CNN's admitting. They're in trouble, and it'll be interesting to see how this plays out. We'll keep an eye on it. We'll keep an eye on it. I'd be curious. I wouldn't be surprised if they start trimming a little bit. They've got a bloated system there, and I wouldn't be surprised if they'd start trimming. Now, some of that's wishful thinking. I'd love to see... Brian Stelzer gets shit canned. I'm going to, I'm just, I'm admitting it. I'm coming clean. Confession is good for the soul, kids. I would love to see it happen. Uh, You know, Chris Cuomo and Don Lemon, I I can't stand them either. I would love for them to get fired just because they deserve it. But Stelzer, boy, that guy, he's just such a weasel. What is it about Brian Stelzer that I can't stand? (laughs) I need to go to a therapist and find out. Oh my gosh. Oh, that guy's smarmy little face. <laughs> so that's that. Be curious to see where that goes, but I think this is a big deal. 95% of its viewership, its rates are going to plummet. It's not going to be that much of an attractive um, network. They're not going to be able to command high rates. 
and they're going to be selling things at a bargain. Uh, that means that you can't keep the ship floating, not in its current state. Not in its, It was built upon a lie, kids, and uh, the truth is coming out. So we'll see what happens here. So that's that. Stay tuned, and we'll see where this goes. Uh, I, I'd be curious to know, I say this at the end of the last segment, this segment as well, what you think. Hit me up. Hit me up on tw- the Twitters or send me an email. Be real curious. Now, look, I want to spend just a moment or two. We talk about lies, and I just I, I just spent a little bit of time kind of ripping CNN a little bit. I do want to talk a little bit about um, lies in a more general sense. And specifically, what I'm thinking about here is the direction that our society is going. You know, we we are in a world where we have to operate. We have to navigate. We have to engage. We have to go about our business. We're raising families. We're trying to build a future. We're trying to help our kids get ahead. We're trying to save for our our retirement. We're trying to move our careers forward. We're doing all these things to try to live. That's what people do. They try to live and they they try to better their circumstances. And that's normal. That's happened throughout the ages. Uh, There was a period of time, in the West at least, where people didn't question their position. They may not have liked their position, but they just accepted it for what it was. They weren't trying to get ahead. They were just trying to take care of their responsibilities. But the modern human being, the modern individual in the West, and I dare say the East now too, we're always thinking about bettering our position, bettering our situation. Uh, we can talk about whether that's good or bad. It's immaterial for now. But, you know, as you go about this life, you are confronted with situations. And these situations cause you to have to make decisions. Decisions that could impact your ability to take care of your family, that could impact your ability to get ahead. Now, we're seeing with this whole just hullabaloo around uh, the election and Trump and Uh, (laughs) the demonstrations and the storming of the Capitol. We're seeing that, you know, the reaction to that is is quite heavy handed. You know, people being deplatformed, people losing their ability to make a living, uh, friends, neighbors, family members, you know, outing people, quote unquote, you know, my, my, my mom and dad were at that rally, you know, they're not necessarily identified in the photograph, but some, you know, 20 year old going online, because uh, she's a progressive and outing her family, saying my mom and dad were at that rally. I despise them. I denounce them. It's really a weird I- environment. People are being called upon to denounce uh, having voted for someone, having supported someone, something unseen before in the American society. And, and I dare say this is something that's been going on at various levels in other societies. That is what it is, uh, but when you start to see that bump up against individuals' ability to make a living, to care for their families, to conduct the normal business of just an everyday life, banking, buying, selling, uh, feeding your family, and so on, it becomes rather troubling. And what people find themselves bumping up against, faced with, is making a decision moment by moment, day by day, week by week, uh, on behaviors, on comments, you know, will I stand up for the truth? Will I allow the truth to prevail in and through my life? Or will I uh, let the lie prevail? You know, I was talking about CNN and I was kind of dragging Brian Stelzer and, and crowd and rightfully so. I really don't care if people don't agree with me. I, I just think, you know, they're terrible and they abuse their position. 
And often they tell lies. And I will admit, yes, often uh, Fox News tells lies too. They stretch the truth. They bury the truth. The truth, they massage it. They position things in a way that looks good for their side, as does CNN and MSNBC and all these guys. And, and where I'm going with this is to say, you and I are are the, are the victims of this. We're, we're living in a society that is becoming more and more constructed around a manufactured reality. When you have not just media, but when you have media, when you have the government, when you have institutions like public schooling systems, universities and colleges, when you have uh, church, religious organizations and so on, all kind of coming around ideas, ideologies, or a central ide ideology. Right now it's progressivism. You know, when we're all embracing and saying that, yes, you know, a man can be a woman. And to say otherwise is hateful, is to, is to be mean. Or to state a statistic, just to say that, look, uh, you know, black males are responsible for a larger percentage of violent crime. Just to state the statistic, not to qualify it, not to say what does that mean, not to try to expound upon it and say, and thus we can assume, just to state certain truths, certain realities, is now considered wicked, evil, racist, benighted. We are putting ourselves in a position as a society that we are forcing one another to accept lies and to live out lies in order to conduct a normal life. Now you might say, Mike, you're, you're getting a little wound up here. I mean, I don't have to lie. I'm living in a fine life. Sometimes accepting these lies doesn't mean that you're lying. It just means that you accept them. It, you participate in them in a passive way. I'm not saying that every time a lie comes up, you got to like say time out. I, re I refute that. I rebuke it. This isn't about debate. This isn't about arguing the truth. I'm not talking about, we all need to become a Ben Shapiro and just argue every point, you know, a thousand words a minute with an intellect, you know, like, uh, like, uh, like a God looking down upon humans. I don't think that Ben is a God. I'm just saying like the guy talks so fast and the facts, they come rapid fire. He's got a, he's got a sharp little head on those shoulders. I'm not saying that we have to be like that. This isn't about arguing the truth. This isn't about fighting for these facts versus those facts. This isn't about becoming right wing versus left wing. What I'm saying is there is truth in this world. There are certain things that are just not arguable, although we do argue them. There are certain things that are not real. Like, I don't care what you say, but a man cannot be a woman. Someone with male sex cannot become someone with female sex. Now, we, our doctors can go in there and uh, do reconstructive surgery. Uh, it can make it look like a facsimile of female genitalia. Uh, they can give you gene therapy, or sorry, not gene therapy. They can give you hormone therapy, and uh, they can increase or decrease testosterone. They can call, cause facial hair to grow more or less and so on. We can do things to create a facsimile of, but you can't biologically, chromosomally, DNA-ally. Is that, a, oh, that sounded terrible. DNA-ally. <laughs> I don't know. It's just trying to be silly. Forgive me. Um, we can't change the fundamental core of who a person is. Now, I understand people have dysphoria. They have, they're, they're uncomfortable, confused. They're in a lot of pain. I, I, I understand that. I'm not saying that's not a real thing. 
But to sit and say, no, 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 that, that man, that's not a man, that's a woman, or that woman, now a man. And I'm looking at Ellen Page, came out recently and said, no, she's a guy now. I don't remember the name now that she's going by. Uh, and, and it's actually wrong now. Like I'm dead naming this person by using their old name instead of their new name. And by referring to her as a she, I'm, I'm, I'm committing this terrible sin. So what are we supposed to do? Are we all supposed to pretend that Ellen never existed? Are we all supposed to just look at this and just say, no, 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 this is Bob Page, or I'm not sure uh, what this person's name is now. Forgive me, it's a new thing. I, I just haven't kept track. We participate in these things. We create these myths. We create these realities that are not true. And it may seem like a little thing, but like anyone that's raised a child... You know, if your kid tells a little lie, you don't just treat it like, oh, it's just a little lie, no big deal. Like when a kid tells a lie, we kind of get on it and we try to teach them that like you can't do little lies because little lies lead to what? Well, they lead to big lies. Little lies lead to big lies and big lies make you over time a liar. It becomes part of your character. And we as human beings know that liars are not to be respected. It's something to be, you know, re rejected. It's revulsive. It's repulsive rather. It's, um, it's, it's undesirable. There's nobody that wants to go around being, nobody proud of being called a liar. You know, maybe a con artist, but even that it's kind of like the anti-hero. We're not like, oh, con, you know, you might watch a movie like con men, that type of thing. It's fun. But we, we look down on that. Why is that? Well, we, because we understand that society doesn't work without the truth. Humankind doesn't work without the truth. We can't trust one another. We can't conduct business. We can't be neighbors. We can't have marriages. We can't raise children. We can't work for employers or we can't hire employees. We can't educate people without some level of trust that we're engaging in the truth. And these other societies that we have looked at historically as being fundamentally flawed, as being less than, not as good as ours, Specifically, the, you know, the Soviet Union and, and the old um, Maoist China. We looked down our nose at them because we knew that they were flawed, that that system was based on lies. You know, Mao was crazy. His uh, great leap forward was, was a horrendous, horrendous fall down into a chasm. He set that country behind immeasurably millions and millions of people dead because of his policies directly, not indirectly, directly. This ridiculous things like killing the, killing the birds because he didn't like certain birds. And then you have plagues of insects wiping out or, or, you know, we're going to do our own steel production. So bring all your pots and pans and utensils and we're going to create forges and all these little villages. And they did this all across China. You know, we don't need anybody. We don't need the West. We're going to show how great we are. And they built these crappy forges that couldn't put out decent quality steel. It takes some technology, not high end, but a little bit of technology. You can't be Stone Age. Well, they thought they could do it. And what they ended up doing was impoverishing. People didn't even have a pan to cook in, a pair of scissors or a shovel to dig their own fields to create crops. All, all because... Mao wanted to impress everybody that we could do it alone. It was a lie. And these people gladly participated in the lie. They could see that that forge was a piece of shit. They could see it. It's sitting in the middle of the town. They're lining up. They're so proud to give away their basic life possessions 
for the greater good of communism and the great leader Mao for this great leap forward for the people of China. It was a lie. They all participated and people died because of it. Millions of them, by the way. And they never took responsibility. They never admitted it to themselves. Do you want to live in a society constructed of lies? And that is a totalitarian society. See, totalitarianism, I've talked about it before, is this idea that government is involved in the totality of human experience. Your government is involved in every aspect of your life. And we are moving there. And if you think we're not, we'll wake up. There's no way you can think that government isn't. There's, there are people, there's a majority, there's a great group of people now that think that's actually a good thing. They want totalitarianism. They want the government to chime in on every aspect of human life. They want government to regulate and modulate and control everything that we do. They think that's a good thing. It's, it's insane. It's insanity. But totalitarian governments are fueled, they're, they're driven by an ideology. They're not, they're not ambivalent. They're not like, look, we really don't have an opinion on anything. We're just trying to make your life better. You know, what do you want us to do? Tell us and we'll do it. They're never that way. They're saying, we know what is good and what is evil. We know what mankind should and shouldn't do. We have a vision for what the society should be, and we will control all aspects of the society so that we can create this vision. So often what is happening is a totalitarian government has a certain ideology that fuels it. And the only way that they can construct a reality that, that manifests that ideology is to control everything. Because if they let people like me and you just go about our lives and do what we want, well, we're not going to live that reality. We're going to choose the truth that we know to be true. We're going to choose the truth of the love between us and our spouse, the love we have for our kids, our desire to work hard. We're going to choose our own careers. We're going to choose how to live our own lives and do our own thing. We're going to respect our neighbor, blah, blah, blah. It's going to be a plurality. People do their own thing and they respect each other. That's the way the country used to be. What we're moving towards is this, no, there's a certain vision for how the country has to be. And the only way to get it there is to control how everyone behaves, what everyone does, what everyone says, what everyone thinks. That's totalitarianism. But the problem is it's founded on a lie. That ideology is not real. Look, if you're going to found uh, an ideology on a necessary truth, this kind of transcendent deep truth of the universe, okay, I guess. But these guys are always grabbing some cockamamie crazy thing. Look at AOC and the Green New Deal. Like, we're just going to do all this stuff. It's going to be great. It's never founded on technology. It's never founded on science. They always like, oh, we're all about science. It's never about science. It's ideology. There's an ideology around environmentalism and the kind of utopia that we can create if we could just control everything and if the idiots would just do what we tell them to do. We've got to stop the idiots, the Republicans, the right-wingers, the working class, the blue-collar people, the uneducated people. The slobs, the warehouse workers, those people, they're, they're too stupid. Just give them football games and beer. Tell them to shut up and let us do our thing. We know what we're doing here. Well, I'm sorry. It doesn't work that way. So I want to encourage you, as I always do, to think about the lies that we bump up against every day. You don't have to yell from the mountaintop. You don't have to fight them head on. But like, are you, I'm just curious, like ask yourself, am I participating in lies? Am I kind of just go along to get along? Am I keeping my head down? Am I, am I just allowing this stuff to happen? Am I worried what my employer will think if it's known that I'm a believer? Am I worried about what my employer will think if they know I was a Trump supporter? Not that that's a good thing. I don't think, I'm not thrilled with Trump. I don't hate Trump. I, I think he did a bunch of good things. 
On the other hand, I think he boned a few things. Uh, you know, so it's not, this isn't about Donald Trump. You know, what principles do you live by? What, what truth do you understand? Do you know the truth? Do you know what is true? How do you evaluate and judge truth? Or do you try not to think about it? Are you more interested in your comfort? Are you more interested in, uh, you know, just making sure that you get along and that things are okay for you? And, you know, what is it you want? I think if you want to live free, if you want to have options, if you want to be able to make your own choices, you've got to start embracing the truth. You've got to start rejecting the lies. Some of it might be just turning off the CNNs of the world. Some of it might be saying, I'm sorry, I don't agree. I don't have all the answers, but I don't, what you're saying right now, I, I don't understand to be true. Human beings for thousands of years, many centuries have not agreed with what you're saying. I think there's still a debate. I think we need to have a debate about what you're saying. You're acting like it's done deal. It's chosen, it's decided, but it's not necessarily true. So I want to encourage you, have some, have some uh, courage. Stand up for the truth. Find ways to live the truth, small ways to live the truth. We'll be talking more about this as time goes on. Just want to kind of throw that out there. Maybe food for thought. Guys, I hope you're all doing great. I, I really do. 2021, what a year already. Could it get any better than this? I mean, what a fantastic year. The news has been great. Uh, <laughs> everything's looking up. In seriousness, though, I hope with as difficult as things can be right now that you have a level of stability of security in your life. I hope that you have a sense of the truth, that you know the truth and are able to live it in your life. I hope that you're surrounded by people that love you, that you have your health and that you have good work to do it's, and that you have something to put your hands to. And please know that I love you guys. I really do. I'm grateful for your listenership, your audience ship, if that's a thing. And I look forward to catching you all in the next episode. Cheers. Thank you.